Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to this broadcast on ALR PRA's Law Talk Radio. I am your host, Nick Augustine. This show is produced by ALR PRA Incorporated, a national law practice management agency headquartered downtown Chicago, Illinois, and serving greater Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, and Washington, D.C. We help manage our clients' business so they can spend more time practicing law. Our primary activities are law firm public relations, marketing, and credentialing. We also have a wide variety of practice management services to help you with all the back-end business of managing a law firm. Today's guest is Jim Thompson. Jim practiced law for 26 years before retiring, and after retiring, he founded the Midwest Consulting Group. At Midwest, the mission is to teach lawyers and other professionals the marketing skills they need to grow their practices. Obviously, with over 43,000 new lawyers graduating every year and a multitude of lawyers being laid off from law firms, there is a definite need for lawyers to learn how to market their services. Jim teaches a program called Get Clients Now, and this is what he's going to share with us this afternoon by way of a marketing plan and outline for 2011. We do have a great show for you this afternoon, and we invite our caller questions either by email directly at nick at A-L-R-P-R-A, that is N-I-C-K at A-L-R-P-R-A dot com with Law Talk Radio in the subject line. Please also dial into the show with your questions or comments using telephone number 917-889-9732 and press option 1 to be placed in the queue. A telephone number again is 917-889-9732, option 1 to be placed in the queue. By way of disclaimer before we begin, this is a general information program and the advice shared on the show does not constitute legal advice. Results may vary and are based on specific facts and location. Communication with our attorney guests among callers and guests on the show does not give a rise to attorney-client relationship. If you have further questions, you're always encouraged to consult with an attorney and or professional in your area. Finally, all callers do remain confidential and all rights to this broadcast are reserved by ALR PRA Incorporated. Now, before we get going today, I have a few announcements to read to you. First, the Collaborative Law Institute is hosting an MCLE event on January 25, 2011 from 2 to 5 p.m. with a reception following from 5 to 6. It is located at the Chicago Bar Association, 321 South Plymouth Court here in Chicago. More details are available at www.chicagobar.org. The presentation is called Collaborative Law, Expanding Your Practice with this Limited Scope Model. The seminar will cover the history, mechanics, ethics, and the shift in communication styles needed to practice in this new and developing area of conflict resolution. Discussions will cover the application of collaborative practice model in family and non-family law cases, as well as the necessary steps practitioners must take to retool their practices to provide the collaborative practice option to clients. Our second announcement of the day, ALRPRA did announce the on January 5th, classes start at the Law Practice Management School. This weekly online law practice management education program covers management, marketing, technology, and finance in a 12-week webinar-based program. For more information or to apply, please contact ALRPRA for more information. You can also go to our website and go under the tab ALRPRA.com forward slash forward slash school for information about the practice management school that is right on our website, which was recently redesigned and relaunched. We'd like to also thank Rich Cruz from Connections Consulting Group for the great work on the website. So without further ado, we go to Attorney Jim Thompson. Jim is a regular guest on the Lawyer's Toolbox programs, and on this episode, as I stated earlier, Jim will offer some pragmatic and easy-to-follow legal marketing tips. We're going to be work talking about making the plan and following the plan to help bring new activity to your law firm. 
Join us as Jim helps us walk through an outline of a plan we can follow. I'm going to be tweeting some of these things during our show, too. That's something we'll be doing from now on. Uh, for those of you who may not be able to listen right now, an incentive to click and listen later. And again, any of you finding our show on social media, whether it be Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn, please feel free to share the shows with other people who you might find would uh, be uh, interested in the great information we have uh, through all of our guests. So without further ado, Jim, I want to ask how you are and ask you to take it away. Nick, I'm doing great, and uh, I appreciate you having me on the show uh, this afternoon. Um, and, you know, one of the things is, as I was uh, thinking about a topic uh, a couple of weeks ago for the program, um, I was talking with a, a potential client, and we were talking about how uh, this year is, is fast approaching, coming to an end, and how she had done this year and, and what her plans were for, for next year. And um, she basically told me that, uh, actually, quite frankly, that that hadn't been the year that she wanted it to be. And so when I was discussing with her what what she had planned, what she had done as far as her her marketing plan for next year, she said, well, you know, I've given it a lot of thought. And uh, and I followed up on that, and she said, well, everything that she had uh, was right in her head right now that she hadn't written it written it down. And so. Um, we, we proceeded in our discussion, and I, I kind of made the comment to her that um, that a, a marketing plan, if you will, that is not written down really is more a wish than a dream. And uh, she, you know, kind of looked at me, kind of perplexed, and wondered what I was talking about. We had a, a further discussion um, with regard to to what I had said. And so when I got back to the office and started thinking about our discussion and some of the things that we talked about, I thought this would be a, a very good topic uh, for the call today since um, I guess what we're about two weeks, maybe three weeks away from the from the new year. And so uh, what I want to talk about today is, you know, the, the marketing plan um, and developing a marketing plan, some of the components that go into the marketing plan, and uh, hopefully this will uh, encourage folks to, um, you know, they haven't already done so. If they already have a marketing plan that they've been working on, maybe some of the, the comments that, and some of the things we'll talk about will maybe um, have them uh, tighten it up a little bit or give them some new ideas. And if uh, any of our listeners have not started or done a marketing plan before that it will give us give them a little impetus in, into getting going. Uh, one of the things that I, I want to mention <clears throat> maybe at the beginning, I know when, when, when I, I talk to lawyers and I talk in terms of a marketing plan, um, there's this general looking at me like they don't like the term marketing. And I never really thought about it until I had a discussion again uh, a little while ago with a couple of attorneys, and we were talking about uh, the idea of a marketing plan being, mm, you know, ambulance chase and something like that. So I said, well, how would you feel if we called it a business development plan? And it was like, oh, yeah, there's the light bulb kind of went off for me too. So I'm going to probably throughout this, this call um, still refer to it as a marketing plan because that's just kind of out of force of habit. But I think um, what I'm going to try and do from now on when I'm, I'm talking to folks about uh, their business and their business development plan is refer to it as, as that rather than a marketing plan. So um, I, I hope that uh, – 
you know, that I don't confuse people as I go through the program and talk about the two because they basically are the same. Um, now, um, one of the things that, again, that, that when I'm talking to, to lawyers and, and other professionals, we do work with, with other uh, business owners, small business owners and professionals, and we, we start talking about this marketing plan, uh, and we, we talk about whether they have one or they don't have one, it, it, it inevitably gets around to, oh, yeah, you know, I've, I've got this business plan. And, and I'll look at them and go, well, okay, you have a, have a business plan. And I kind of lead them a little bit astray. Maybe I shouldn't do this, but I want to make a point. And I ask them um, when, when they did their, their business plan, um, what was in their business plan, and quite frankly, where it is now, and when did they last look at it. And I get the, the proverbial, well, it's it's in my desk drawer somewhere. Let me find it. They pull it out, kind of the, the dusting off. And when you ask, obviously, you know when they last looked at it. It was probably when they originally had done it. Uh, that's the last time that, that they had even thought of, uh, of taking a look at it. And, and what we want to do today is, is kind of really differentiate between the business plan, if you will, and the marketing plan. Marketing plan obviously is a part of a business plan, but it is totally uh, separate, totally distinct, and totally in and of itself. So as we go through this discussion, I, I don't want to get into any long long discussion about the difference between a business plan and a marketing plan other than to say there there is a significant, significant difference. Um, and uh, we, we, we want to make sure that we're, we're not talking, again, when we talk about marketing plans, um, sometimes the, the lawyers will look at me or other professionals will look at me and go, oh, yeah, now here we go with another academic exercise. We're going to go through these traditional methods of developing a marketing plan. It's going to be 25 pages long and going to have all these glowing statements about what we're going to do, our goals, et cetera, et cetera. And quite frankly, because... Um, a lot of marketing plans are looked at like this, uh, they never get done. Uh, lawyers will have the best intentions, I guess, of, 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 of doing a, a marketing plan, but they just look at it going, uh, this is too complicated, I'll never get through it, so I'm not even going to start. Or if they, they start one of these um, academic marketing plans, I call it, uh, they, they never finish it. And if they even get close to finishing it, uh, it goes in the desk drawer, again, never to be seen again. So um, what we're going to do this afternoon is talk about the basic marketing plan that, that every lawyer, and if there's others other than lawyers listening to this, this obviously will pertain to your business as well. But we're going to talk about a marketing plan in a very, very simple way, something that you can start right away and, and begin to, to work on um, as soon as, quite frankly, we finish this call, and that's what I, I hope will will take place. Um, I don't really want to spend an awful lot of time on the um, the reasons why you need a marketing plan, but uh, you know there, there, there's the, the you know the the old traditional way people talk about having a roadmap, and you're not going to get anywhere, or go anywhere unless you know where you're going, and and uh, you know the. Uh, that having a structure, having accountability, all those things that, that everybody talks about when uh, they're looking at, 
okay, why do you need a marketing plan? Again, I'm not going to spend any time going into to that particular area because there's many more things that we need to talk about. So let's kind of jump right into the, the nuts and bolts, if you will. But before I do that, again, um, I want just to caveat, no one marketing plan that we talk about today or that you come up with um, is going to fit everyone. It is going to be an individual something because we all have different practices. We all have different type of clients. We all have different amounts of time or money to spend on a marketing uh, program. Uh, no one marketing plan is going to fit everyone. And one more thing I want to make sure everyone understands that a marketing plan is a work in progress. It is developed so that it can be an ever-changing document. Once you start it, once you draft the original one, you want to make sure that you keep it close by and continually review it weekly, and if not weekly, at least monthly, to see where you are, how is it going, um, whether or not changes need to be made, and we'll discuss some of those changes as we go a little bit further. So having said all that, uh, and Nick, I don't know where you want to jump in when, when you, you know, need a break or whatever, so you know, just kind of let me know, and I'll just keep talking until you tell me that, that you need a break. All right, um, well, why don't, thing... we do, why, don't we do, why don't we do this? Why don't we get our uh, – tell us how we're going to start to work our marketing plan because I'm going to do this along with those listening at home. I'm going to sketch out. I mean, I could benefit from this just like anyone else could. Um, I will sketch out a marketing plan too. Um, so can you give us the maybe a rough uh, skeletal frame of what those are going to be? And then during the break, we'll break maybe in two minutes, we'll read a, a commercial, and then we'll be back. So why don't you give us the brief uh, outline of skeleton, uh, if you could, of where we're going to fill in so that we can start thinking about things. Okay, sure. I'm glad to do that. Um, what I want to do is touch on then the, the components uh, that will go into developing or making up your marketing plan. And the first thing, and we're going to go into these in depth, so I'm just going to mention them right now. The first will be the budget or uh, the cost of, of doing your, your marketing. Uh, number two will be the time frame, and we'll, we'll expound on that. The next thing you need to really look at is your target market. Number four is going to be your strategy. Uh, the next will be your goals, and along with that, and again, we're going to talk about these in detail, will be testing and tracking. And last, and maybe the most important one that we'll talk about is accountability. So there's basically, and, and these are not totally inclusive. There may be others that people come up with, and I've seen uh, different ways of doing marketing plans along the way, but these are basically the, the six elements that I feel are probably the most important when you come to doing a marketing plan that you can really start right away. So again, real quick, it's budget, your time frame, your target market, the strategy involved, the goals, testing and tracking, and accountability. Yeah. So you want to take a break now and then we'll go into those in more detail, Nick? 
Yes, and I want to make a very uh, brief statement. I've been telling this to a few people that 2011 was the year people got on social media and started doing a lot of online marketing. 2008 was sort of the gold rush, everyone getting on social media. 2009, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010, a lot of people started doing these things. And I think 2011, my prediction is that it is going to be the year of return on investment. So I'm going to be thinking about that while you're talking about your marketing plan and what types of things that we can do online because I'll tell you, our clients ask us uh, where are we getting the value in, in the work and how can we de- how can we show a tangible return uh, on some of these marketing efforts, uh, whether they be direct client uh, activity or uh, website traffic, you know, some different ways to measure our, our, uh, the work that we've done. So that's something that I'll be thinking of. So let's stop for a break and then we'll be back with our second segment and we'll go uh, into our marketing plan. Uh, so thank you, Jim, for that uh, brief um, that brief description of those those uh, six criteria. Again, I've got budget, time, target market, strategy, goals, and accountability. Okay. For those of you who are just tuning in, you're listening to the Lawyer's Toolbox on ALRPRA's Law Talk Radio. We have a few sponsors. Our first sponsor of the day is the Law Office of Nancy K. Ducharme. When you need the right legal services to advance your creativity, call the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme. Attorney Nancy K. Ducharme brings big law firm experience and reputation to her intellectual property law firm, serving national corporate clients in the areas of trademark, copyright, internet law, and advertising law. You can find the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme by visiting nkdlaw.com and also by searching for the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme on Facebook. By clicking the like button on the law firm's business page, you will receive periodic blog updates with recent developments in the rapidly changing field of intellectual property law. Our second sponsor is The Lawyer Market. I discovered The Lawyer Market some time ago, and let me tell you, this website is one of the best-kept secrets for solos and small firms looking to market their practice. You can join The Lawyer Market for free, and the online marketplace will actually send you the name and contact information of consumers who are interested in hiring your services. The Lawyer Marketplace offers a win-win solution to its listed attorneys and potential clients. Please visit thelawyermarket.com forward slash lawyers for more information. That website again is www.thelawyermarket.com forward slash lawyers. Now back to our program. We do invite our callers to dial in with any questions or comments at area code 917-889-9732. You can press option 1 to be placed in the queue. Questions and comments are also uh, submitted through alrpri.com on the contact section of the website or by direct email at nick, N-I-C-K, at alrpri.com. All right, back into our second segment. Jim, let's start going with our marketing plan. And again, I'm thinking about return on investment. I'm going to make some notes on the side of my page um, just in pencil on how I can do or try to establish those things as you go through and tell us more about what we should do with our marketing plan. Okay, great, Nick. And, and the return of investment we'll, we'll talk about probably uh, in a little bit because uh, uh, that obviously is one of the most important keys. We're not going to spend a bunch of money and not get a, a good return on our investment. But that brings us to the budget. And uh, quite frankly, we, we need to look at what, a marketing or a business development program is is going to cost. And when, when you look at this, and I've heard, kind of frank, or to be frank, all kinds of, of ways to figure out what you should be spending. 
on a, on a business development program from it should be a percentage of your gross income, it should be so much a month, and, and different measurements like this. And again, I want to make it very clear that, that what you do or what you spend is, is going to be totally individual. Um, and, and this really, kind of frank, to be frank about it, depends on the stage of someone's law career. Obviously, the, the new lawyer who's just beginning practice, who's hung, up, hung out a shingle and, and started their own practice or may have started a practice with, with a couple of other partners, um, they're going to have a lot more time than they are money to be able to devote to their business development. So they need to take that into consideration. And then you, you have, you know, your seasoned lawyer who may have more money uh, than time to devote towards their, their business development. So um, somewhere in, and also obviously somewhere in between that. So this is one of the things that, that you're going to have to consider when you when you look at your business development plan is how much can I spend either in time that I'm going to spend or in the amount of actual dollars that I'm going to to uh, be be spending on my my marketing program. Now, one of the interesting things, and I, I wish I had remembered or, or had written down where I had seen this, but this is this is kind of a first for especially for the newer lawyers out there. Um, I've heard it said that a new lawyer may spend. Uh, between and then I say new lawyer, I'm talking about someone who's maybe been in practice for maybe one to three years, uh, may spend anywhere between 500 and 1,000 hours uh, per year in business development. Now, when you first think about the 500 to 1,000 hours, it sounds like an awful lot. And it is, obviously. But when you break it down, you're talking basically – uh, at a 50-hour week, I'll, I'll, I'll let somebody have a couple weeks off here and there, is 10 hours a week or uh, two hours per day. Again, that sounds like an awful lot, and we'll talk a little bit about that in just a minute. Um, and, of course, if you go to somebody on the higher end, 1,000 hours, it's 20 hours per week or four hours a day. Um, and you stop and think, if, if you're a younger lawyer, a newer lawyer, uh, and you're billing, say, at, and I'm just going to pick an average of 175 hours an hour, if you're spending 500 hours a year on your marketing or developing your business, that's about $87,000 a year um, in, in terms of time spent at 175 hours an hour. So when you look at something in that light, you really want to make sure that your marketing effort is geared to giving you a good, as we talked about, Nick, or you mentioned, a good return on your investment. You can't just look at return investment or return on investment being um, the money you get versus the dollars you spent. You got to look at it also the time you spend as far as as your marketing and your marketing programs go. Um, and you know, you, you need to look at, you know, you. you I've talked to some of the newer lawyers, well, actually, seasoned lawyers, too, fit into this category. 
when I talk to them about uh, budget and, and marketing and business development plans and what they're doing, they're, they're talking about, well, you know, I, I have lunches with clients or potential clients. I attend networking events. You know, I, I set up meetings, et cetera, et cetera, and they consider this their, their business development, which is fine. But what they need to be looking at, too, is if this is what their business development plan is, they need to have a plan on how to um, best get their value, their their return on investment back. In other words, if you're just going to call somebody up on, a, on today and say, hey, John, you want to have lunch on Friday, um, you've got to be thinking ahead of why and who you want to have lunch with. If you're going to be going to specific networking events, you need to be thinking about the type of networking events you're going to. Who do you want to meet? Who is the type of person that that you can meet that could become either a client or a referral partner. So you also, and, we're going to, and this will fit into some of the other things we're going to be talking about as we go through our development plan, these are some of the things that you need to be thinking about. So budgeting, yes, budget is the amount or the cost of your marketing, but it's not just in dollars and it's not just in uh, doing things. It's It's making sure that the things that you're going to be doing give you that, that return on your investment, again, be it in time or be it in actual dollar spent or being in both. Um, and one of the things I want to make sure that, and again, going back, this marketing or business development plan that you are going to be doing is a work in progress. You may find that as you start developing more clients, you need to spend less time marketing and more money in your marketing efforts. So I don't want someone to think, that, well, okay, in January I'm going to spend so much money or so much time, and that is not going to change. The, the marketing plan, as I, I've said and I will continue to say, is a document that is a work in progress. It's, it's a document that you keep so that you can see it on your desk weekly or review it monthly so that you know where you are, what you're doing. Um, this is just as an aside, and, and this is kind of someone might want to think about this, and this was brought up to me the other day, that they were, were talking about when, and the studies have been done about when lawyers, and again, this depends on the type of practice, et cetera, when lawyers seem to get the most business generated on a, on a monthly basis or when it really takes place, and they were talking about it seems that January and February are the best months for lawyers as far as new business, and of course, that kind of ties in, and not just lawyers, financial planners, anyone that um, would would be in that position where somebody making a, quote, New Year's resolution is going to say, well, you know, this is the year I am going to get my estate done. This is the year I'm going to get my will done. This is the year... I'm going to get my business, uh, my corporation brought up to date. So it seems to be, for one reason or another, that January and February seem to be the months, again, depending on the, the type of practice you have, where the most new clients are generated. So um, having said that, if that would be something that would fit into your practice, that's something you might want to think about as to where you budget um, and what you budget maybe for the first two months of the of the coming year. So 
Um, and any questions on that, Nick, or can we clarify anything? Um, no, and it makes sense that that would be the time that we get new client business January and February. We're planning out our years. It's the first quarter. It's you know, quite a stark contrast from the months of uh, November and December where things are sort of in a winding down period. And I know that in, here in the month of December, we have several uh, individuals out there and new business prospects we're working with. And it's just very difficult to get anything done during December because people are finishing uh, a lot of uh, year-end activities. So it makes intuitive sense. Um, as far as time frame, before we pause for a second break, do you have different – I know that I have seen uh, when I do tracking of the website using Google Analytics, I see different activity during certain times of the day, different times of the week. When talking about time frames, um, do you have any more finite suggestions? You know, I, I really don't, Nick, and, and the reason I, I, I don't or I haven't even – thought about following or tracking something like that is each individual practice probably if you said that you were if your practice was a domestic relations divorce practice or as a business practice or whatever probably has a different time frame when people might be obviously looking at the web or uh, looking at certain things a business Maybe obviously during business hours, uh, that might be the time that somebody's looking at or looking for a business lawyer. Uh, someone who's going through a domestic relations problem might be looking on the web at nine, ten, eleven o'clock at night after they've had a, a big argument. So I'm not sure that there is any, you know, definitive or finite way that you could say, okay, this is when you you need to uh, advertise. And, and we all know watching TV, um, you know, the 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 ads for personal injury lawyers and things seem to be most prevalent after 11, 12 o'clock at night. I don't know why that is, but uh, you know, I'm sure they've studied that, and those uh, demographics or those uh, statistics are available. Uh, I just can't give you any better information than that. Okay, well, that's a fair enough. You've answered my question fairly, and I and I understand that many people have so many different practices with different time frames and elements. My just basic suggestion is that people should take a look at their analytics. If you do have an analytics program you use um, with your website, take a look at the times of day that you're getting the most responses and things. I know when we look at social media, that's something that we want to do. We want to uh, have our publications around the same time that most of our, our audience members are are on link you know on their Facebooks as well. So whether that be early in the morning or in the afternoon, it's just something to think about. Uh let's pause for our second set of commercials and then we will be back for our third segment. Again, anyone who's tuning in, you're listening to the Lawyers Toolbox on ALRPRA's Law Talk Radio. And our second uh segment between the second and third segments we do bring you the daily legal news and today's news uh comes from the AMLAW Daily, again the American Lawyers Daily News uh report. December 14th, uh, Freshfields and Kamadui advise on BP sale of Pakistan assets. This was posted by Brian Baxter at The American Lawyer. Text reads that the latest BP asset sale to offset costs from the company's oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico earlier this year involves the divestiture of its Pakistan operations. Uh, 
London-based BP has agreed to sell its Pakistan assets to Hong Kong-based United Energy Group for $775 million in cash, according to press reports and a statement from the British oil giant. There is a link uh, on the American Lawyers website with this article for a list of assets included in the Pakistan deal compiled by BP. Freshfields Brookhouse and Derringer Senior Corporate Associate Sam Newhouse and Associate Sam Brown are advising BP on the deal. In-house BP managing attorney Jason Cooley is also working on the deal in their office in suburban Chicago. Our second sponsor message of the day is from Jim Thompson. He is our guest today on the show, and he is the individual behind Get Clients Now. Jim's program called Get Clients Now will help you take the crucial steps towards increasing your firm's revenues. The Get Clients Now program employs various time-honored techniques to help you attract new business and encourage referrals. Jim is a recurring guest on our Lawyers Toolbox show regarding attorney marketing. To learn more about Jim Thompson and the Midwest Consulting Group, please visit midwestconsultants.net, and please also check out his testimonials on Facebook by searching Get Clients Now. ALRPRA strongly endorses the Get Clients Now program and understands the personal accountability component of this course. You can get in touch with Jim Thompson today by visiting midwestconsultants.net. You can also get in touch with Jim by dialing into our show to say hello. Telephone number again is 917-889-9732, option one for the caller queue. Back to the show now, Jim. We went through, talked a little bit about budgeting and cost and some time elements. Um, is it time to move on to target market? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit a couple of these fairly quickly. Um, the one I want to talk about just very quickly is your time frame. One of the things that you, you need to be thinking about um, is how fast you need to get clients. That's going to dictate some of the methods, and we'll talk more about the strategies in a minute, but we'll talk more about how quickly a newer lawyer may need to, to you know, get right out there um, and, and employ different strategies as far as getting clients quickly, whereas a seasoned lawyer um, may reflect you know, have more referrals coming in. They have more time to to get new clients. So, so that's going to play a significant aspect in it. So that's one of the things you need to look at. Now, let me just make a quick comment. Some of these are are quick things you can think about. Some of them, uh, and you can do fairly quickly. Others, i.e., the cost, the budget, are going to take you a little bit longer time. The time frame, you're going to know whether you need to get out there and and get clients quickly because you're you know you just hung up your shingle or you're a seasoned lawyer and you've got clients and what you're trying to do is build your practice. So I'm going to you know just touch on that very quickly. Uh, the next thing you need to think about is your target market or your niche. Who are you trying to reach? What is or who are the clients that you want for your practice? Now, having said that, um, when you first hang out your shingle, you may have an idea that this is the type of practice you want to build, and all of a sudden, uh, and I know this in my own particular case happened to me, I wanted to practice one type of law and I just started accumulating clients in another particular area and so my practice developed in that. And that may happen to to you or you may just decide that you want to stay strictly in the domestic relations divorce area and that's your target market or you may want to do um, 
other types of, of you want to be a litigator, you may want to do uh, real estate closings, things of that nature. So you really need to think about who your target market is, your niche, and then figure out how you're going to approach that. One of the things you need to take, uh, and again, this kind of gets back into somewhat related to the return on investment, you need to take a look at your practice. And obviously, if you're just starting out, uh, you won't have the data to be able to do that. But if you've been in practice for, you know, one, two, three, four, five years, you can kind of go back and take a look at the kind of clients that you've attracted, the type of clients um, or the type of practice you've developed, and take a serious look at whether or not that's a, a an area that is uh, productive for you, whether or not your return on investment with a particular group of clients is is, is meeting what you want uh, economically and time-wise, etc. Or maybe having looked at that, it might be time to maybe direct your practice into another area. So you're going to need to do some research both on uh, the, the type of clients that you may want to attract and what you're going to have to do to attract them or you may want to just obviously do some research on the clients you already are attracting to find out whether or not you want to continue working with, with those particular types of clients, or you may want to go um, and, and, and into another area of law that might be. I mean, you may be, and obviously we know what the real estate market has been lately, and we know that there's a lot of attorneys out there that initially went into the real estate area and all of a sudden realized that he, that wasn't paying the bills and maybe they needed to get into another area and perhaps they went into a bankruptcy practice or they started directing their practice into into different type of areas that, that was going to be more economically feasible for them to uh, sustain the lifestyle they want, I guess. Um, so that's that's those are two real quickies, obviously. The next thing I want to talk about are the strategies that you're going to use. And basically, in professional services marketing, uh, there are basically six strategies that you can use. I'm going to list these, and then I'm going to talk about them uh, in a little more length. Uh, number one would be your direct contact and your following up with folks. Uh, number two would be network and referral building. Number three would be public speaking. Number four is writing and publicity. Uh, number five is promotional events. And number six basically is advertising. Now, obviously there are, are subsets under each of these, but these basically are the six um, strategies that people in the professional service or in a service industry um, will need to think about using. Um, one of the suggestions that I would have is that you you limit yourself to two or three or, or at the absolute most four of these strategies. So try and do all of them just is, is not going to work. And I've listed these kind of in the um, order in which they are important as far as um, getting clients. Obviously, the direct contact with folks, uh, meeting folks, having an open house, having a reception, you have a new office. Um, it may be, if you can, in your particular jurisdiction, making cold calls on businesses. This is the direct contact and then following up. Making sure 
um, that once you make that contact, that you follow up with someone. We talk a great deal about that in our Get Clients Now program as being one of the keys to, to really developing your business is, is the following up. We can go out and we can meet all kinds of people, uh, go to networking events, any kind of events. We come back with a stack of cards um, or people that we've met that we want to connect with, and if we don't follow up with them, it's it's almost a wasted effort. So you want to think about the, the direct contact and how you can go out and meet people face-to-face, -face, let them know who you are, introduce yourself, and then make sure you follow up with them. Now, I'm not going to go into any specifics because different uh, uh, types of practices will have different constraints or different ways that they can meet people, but it is that direct contact, that face-to-face -face contact. Um, the networking and referral building. Networking has, in the last few years, really come into its own, and we have your, you know, your business networking in BNI groups. We have your chamber of commerce. It seems like, and I know in my own particular area here, we have at least five or six different networking events in this particular area you can go to per week, and in some cases, uh, there's five or six on a given day. So one of the things that you need to do is is look at the different networking events, the different chambers that might be available, whether you want to join a BNI group uh, or a leads group or a chamber group, and take a look at that and look at where um, the, the best return on your investment of time might be. Um, the the time element, again, as I mentioned before, is very crucial. You don't have that much time to spend going to all these networking events. And if you're a relatively new attorney, you probably, again, have the time to be able to go to a number of different networking events, and you'll be able to find out which ones um, kind of cater to the type of individual or the type of client that, that you want to develop. And then you pick those, and then you, you know, again, narrow it down and go to the ones that uh, would, would be most beneficial to you. Uh, again, we're, we're going to talk about referral building. Obviously, one of the great ways for attorneys to build their practice is through referrals. And again, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on talking about how to get referrals and, and this type of thing, because this is something else we, we, we could probably spend five or six or seven hours talking about the referral mindset and how you go about getting referrals and asking referrals, et cetera. But just know that that's one of the things that needs to be in the mix and letting clients and friends and, and, and clients and, and uh other people that you come across know that you're in the referral business, that you work by referrals, and um, you know you would be appreciative if they would refer their clients or customers or or friends to you if if the situation arises. Um, I also want to talk just a touch a little bit on what we call referral partners. Um, referral partners are, are those type of folks that may or may not be in the same, let's hypothetically say you're a referral partner for a divorce lawyer, um, might be a financial planner, and a financial planner could be a referral partner for a divorce lawyer. It's the type of relationship where you can work together, you have the type of clients that, and, and you know, uh, you can refer 
business back and forth. So you might want to take a look around and, and see and meet, and probably is a better way, uh, meet the folks that you could develop that type of relationship with. And quite frankly, it takes some time to develop that relationship. People aren't going to, basically, I've had people say, well, I went out and I met someone and I'm getting no referrals by going to that networking event. I've met all these folks and I haven't gotten any referrals in two or three months. The key to getting referrals is getting people to know, like, and trust you. And unless you sit down with folks and get to know them and they get to know you, you're, you're not going to get referrals from these folks. And, I'll, you know, again, we could spend um, a day talking about referrals and how to go about that, but we obviously don't have the time. Public speaking um, seems to be coming more and more in vogue with some attorneys going out and speaking to, to different groups um, and, and letting yourself be known that you are an attorney that handles uh, these type of matters. Attorneys are t talking or speaking to real estate groups. They're talking to mortgage bankers. Um, they're, they're going out and speaking to financial planners, things of this nature. So when we talk about public speaking, we're talking about finding groups that would fit your um, definition of where you want clients to come from. Uh, writing and publicity. This is this is gets into the um, the web area that Nick mentioned a little bit ago. The the internet. One of the things that has really become and exploded with regard to attorneys is writing blogs, educational type blogs. Uh, you want to be found on the internet. Now uh, you can write lengthy articles or you can write short articles. Uh, things of this nature, but this has become one of the things that people talk about, and I talk about quite a bit with, with different type of attorneys, is you know, putting articles on your website so that people can read those. They know that you become a, or that you are an expert in a given area. So obviously when somebody's going on and looking on, their, their, on the Internet and looking for an attorney, say, in estate uh, planning, and they see that you've written extensively or have a number of articles on your website that talk about estate planning, they're going to see you as the expert, and obviously uh, they're going to be giving you a call uh, so that uh, you can represent them. Uh, promotional events, again, these have been kind of in the order of, I think, importance. Promotional events are your trade shows and things of that nature. Most attorneys do not get involved in, in trade shows, except maybe every now and then they might... Um, you know, exhibit at a trade show. So I probably would not even uh, consider doing uh, a trade show or anything of that nature. Promotional event, though, might be where you have an open house at your office. You just, uh, you know, have a, of a brand new office or you have a, uh, a satellite office or something of that nature. That could be considered a promotional event, but that's not something you're doing on a regular basis. And last but not least is, is advertising. And I say last, and I should say probably least, because more and more attorneys are just turning away from the traditional form of yellow page advertising. We see some attorneys obviously blasting away on the TVs and some of the billboard ads, but more and more advertising is going the route of the web, 
the internet, your website, as opposed to the traditional form of of advertising. So, in a, just a very very quick way, that was you know some of the strategies that you need to to think about and think about using in your in your practice. And again, uh, time constraints are such that I can't obviously go into any more detail than that. So, any questions, Nick? No, I'm just tweeting away as I'm. I just put um, most advertising strategies are online, but don't forget the offline opportunities. So I'm just kind of complimenting you as you go along. And I agree that one. And just real quickly with um, some of the strategies for online marketing, the social media and blogs. A lot of this is very cost effective uh, as far as the actual uh, cost for these. Uh, opportunities. It's time intensive, though, so there is a cost. It's labor cost. It's human capital cost. And I know that uh, the clients who have hired us to help them with their online marketing, we spend a lot of time, um, spend a lot of time just communicating and be a communications hub for a lot of individuals. And that's that's what I'll tell people. It takes much time. Um, you should have a plan on how you're going to do these different activities and really just you know make the plan, work the plan, implement the plan. Isn't that right, Jim? That's exactly right, Nick. All right. Let's pause for our uh, another co- another commercial break here. I'm going to read you the law practice management resources of the day, and then uh, we'll have a message from our final sponsor, credit damage expert, George Finder. For any of those who are turning in, you're listening to the Lawyer's Toolbox on ALRPRA's Law Talk Radio. Again, our call-in number is 917-889-9732. Again, 917-889-9732. Our practice management resources kick off with, number one, the ABA. ABABooks.org is the website. Again, www.ababooks.org. Today's title is Virtual Law Practice, How to Deliver Legal Services Online. The legal market has recently experienced a dramatic shift as lawyers seek out alternative methods of practicing law and providing more affordable legal services. Virtual law practice is revolutionizing the way where public public receives legal services and how professionals work with their clients. If you're interested in this form of practicing law, virtual law practice will help you. Bullet points are, one, responsibly deliver legal services to your online clients. Two, successfully set up and operate a virtual law office. Three, establish a virtual practice online through a secure client-specific portal. Four, manage and market your virtual law practice. Five, understand and state ethics and advisory opinions. And six, find more flexibility with work-life balance in the legal profession. Stephanie Kimbrough's practical guide also provides case studies of individual law practices, uh, individual virtual law practices, rather, along with client scenarios to show how web-based technology may be used by legal professionals to work with online clients and avoid malpractice risks. So that is our, our book for today from the ABA Books Collection, Virtual Law Practice, How to Deliver Legal Services Online. Our second practice management resource is the Chicago Daily Law Bulletin and the Chicago Lawyer Magazine. You can subscribe to the Chicago Daily Law Bulletin and the Chicago Lawyer Magazine for up-to-date legal news from Chicago and around Illinois. Also, check out the Law Bulletin blog, Attorneys in Transition, which offers advice and tips for those lawyers going through a career transition. It also hosts a monthly career seminar for lawyers in flux in their careers. Visit attorneysintransition.com. I personally enjoy the Attorneys Transition blog because I write a weekly advice column for Attorneys in Transition, and I feel strongly about the many benefits offered by the Law Bulletin Publishing Company. 
Our third practice management resource, again, as we noted earlier in the show, is the Law Practice Management School. Our weekly online webinar series is a 12-week-long program focusing on management, marketing, technology, and finance. Classes for the 12-week program are tuition is $500. Classes start January 5th, 2011. You can email me, nick at alrpra.com, if you're interested in participating or would like more information. You can also go to the law, the school, Law Practice Management School uh, tab on our website, alrpra.com. So uh, that is our list of practice management resources of the day, ababooks.org. A Law Bulletin Publishing Company, Chicago Daily Law Bulletin, Chicago Lawyer Magazine, and Attorneys in Transition, and the Law Practice Management School offered to you by ALRPRA Incorporated. Our final sponsor of the day is credit damage expert George Finder. George Finder is one of the only credit damage experts in the country, and the attorneys and plaintiffs who have retained his services have earned huge damage awards in various practice areas such as personal injury, employment law, family law, and general civil litigation. By learning to incorporate credit damage questions into the intake process, you and your staff will learn how to spot credit damage events worthy of retaining George Finder's credit damage analysis services. Right now, any of our listeners who contact George Finder and tell them that they heard about him on Law Talk Radio will receive free of charge one hour of CLE presentation. So grab a pen and take down this email address. It's a plural, uh, credit damage associates, plural, credit damage associates at gmx.com. Available nationwide, Credit Damage Expert George Finder's website is full of resources. Please visit creditdamageexpert.com to learn more about George Finder and his expert services. Now, back to our show. We're talking to Jim Thompson today, and he's giving us wonderful uh, tips on planning our legal marketing outline for 2011. We've gone through and talked about budgeting and costs, talked about time frame, target markets, strategies, and in our final segment, we'll talk about goals, uh, testing and tracking, and accountability. So, Jim, let's continue. Okay, thanks, Nick. Um, and I just want to touch very briefly on goals because that's another area where you could spend, you know, all, all kinds of uh, time talking about goals, how to set goals, etc. But goals are important because they are the measurement of of where you're going and, and that, whether or not you're reaching um, the areas are reaching what you want to reach. So you got long-term goals and short-term goals. So, again, I'm just going to put those over, over to the side right now and talk about what we kind of touched on a little bit earlier, Nick, and, and that's return on investment. And in order to kind of know whether or not um, you're getting a decent return on your investment, you need to do the testing and the tracking and see what is or is not working. Um, obviously, uh, if you're have some, for instance, let's just hypothetically say you're going to networking events. You need to know whether or not the networking events you're going to are the best for you. You're getting your best return on investment. Now, how do you track that? Well, you start by writing down the networking events you go to, and you make list of who you saw, um, et cetera, et cetera, and then you find out whether or not they're becoming um, are doing business with you or becoming referrals for your business. You start tracking. You may find that one networking event, um, you've met three people, but those three people have sent you all kinds of clients. You may go to another networking event and find out that you've met 25 people and you've gotten one client from that. Obviously, 
um, you know which networking event you're going to or networking group you're going to spend your most time with. So without the testing and without the tracking. Here, here's another simple way a lot of attorneys don't think about. They get a new client and um, hopefully they'll, they'll do an intake form uh, when, when they get the new client. And uh, one of the questions should be, how did you get to us? Who referred you? One of the things that, that I mentioned to folks about referring is even even on your your, your outgoing answering uh, machine, if you're, you're not there to take the call yourself, is uh, you <clears throat> uh, mention your name and, sorry, I can't take your call, et cetera, and then say, oh, by the way, if somebody referred you, would you please let us know so we could thank them? Obviously, uh, in your intake form, you could put, you know, how did you hear about us or how did you come to, 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 to our office, et cetera. That gives you an idea of what is working for you. If they put down that, uh, you know, they were referred by uh, John and then you get another one referred by John, referred by John, you would make sure that uh, you take care of John as, as, uh, as a referral, um, either by, you know, taking him out to dinner if you can, uh, sharing. I know in most jurisdictions you can't share fees, you want to do that, but you certainly show your appreciation uh, uh, for something of, of that nature. And before we, and I want to quickly end uh, that portion because I want to say well, one of the things that I think is probably the most important, and I mentioned that earlier, and that is the accountability. Um, so many times I've, I've talked to attorneys and we've gone through the process of, of developing uh, their business development plan, and it's a great exercise. They've got a great plan, and for one reason or another, and I know probably most of the reasons is because they don't think about it, is it sits over the side of their desk, and at the end of the week when they look at it, they go, oh, I didn't get to that. I didn't do that. What you need, quite frankly, is a way to be held accountable for your marketing plan, your marketing efforts, your business, and that could be in the form of another lawyer in your office. You need to, well, let me back up. If you're, you need to share your business development plan with your staff or other lawyers in your office, um, your, your secretaries, your receptionists, your paralegals, your other lawyers, everybody needs to be aware of what that law firm's marketing our business development plan is. And when everybody's on board, um, you can hold them accountable. And the same thing is they may be holding you accountable by virtue of the fact that they know what your your business plan is. Um, and then getting a little more personal, obviously, you may want to um, have a lawyer in your office, another lawyer uh, that you work with, hold you accountable. And I would say at least on a weekly basis, meet and talk about how you did. It doesn't have to be a long meeting. How you can improve or what you didn't do. or uh, And you may find out that he's the other lawyer is doing something that is working for them that maybe you could incorporate into your plan, things of that nature. But it's important to be held accountable, obviously. Um, if, if you don't feel comfortable with another lawyer in your office uh, being an accountability partner, um, it might be another friend, another associate in, in another type of uh, business that you can hold each other accountable. I know there's a number of different accountability groups out there. Um, you know, they could be two people, three people, four people, uh, that type of thing that, that are actually holding, you know, your feet to the fire. And I hate to say it that way, but that's exactly what they're doing. 
Um, it could be your spouse. You could let your spouse know what your business plan is and sit down with your spouse weekly and say, this is what we're doing and, and this type of thing. Your spouse may not be able to give you business development ideas, but she sure can can hold you accountable when she says, well, listen, I, I need uh, X dollars for my for our child's tuition next week. You know, And that's going to be certainly a, a way of hold, holding you accountable. But the, the important thing is that you, you do two things, and I, I talk about this sometimes as my AA plan, my action slash accountability. We've talked about the action. Here are the things you need to do. Develop a budget. Um, develop, develop your budget, uh, you know, your, your time frame, your uh, niche, your strategies. Those are all action items, action plans, and those really aren't any good unless you have the accountability portion. So I call it kind of I uh, stand up and say, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to talk about my AA plan, and they look at me like, oh, okay, my name's Jim, and I'm a AA, you know, whatever. But it is, and that's what, one of the ways you have to think about it: action and accountability. Because without an action being the knowledge, or the an action without accountability really is no action whatsoever. So um, I think we got just a little bit of time left, Nick. If there's any questions or thoughts that you might have. No, I like the accountability part of it, and I'm trying to think about the different options out there. And I guess one of the things that I do and I'm going to do, I'm going to do two thoughts, exactly what I'm going to do with what I just took notes on. I am going to put it somewhere I can see it. And the point that I'm trying to make here is that everyone has different things that work. So when in the past I would set – alerts uh, in Outlook, and what happens then is my BlackBerry buzzes at me every five seconds telling me, it's time to do marketing, it's time to do this. Uh, so what I do is I'm putting, it, I'm putting it somewhere conspicuous in the office where I can see this list, and it will serve as a reminder when I am trying to determine what I'm going to do in the evening, or, you know, what I'm taking home to work on or what I'm going to do later, uh, maybe I'll refer to this list and, and it'll be serve as a reminder to do different things. So, again, the point is that there's just there are so many different uh, things that work for different people. Find out what works for you, figure it out, do something. It's, it's just like my professional responsibility. A uh, professor in law school used to talk about billing. He said whether you use the time slips program or whether you uh, write, literally, he said whether you write the billing entries down on plates and sail them into a pile in the corner of the room, at least you have a record of it. So the point is just do something that works for you. Um, you know, try something that works and stick to it. And just uh, practice makes perfect, right, Jim? Exactly. And, and it is. When you say practice makes perfect, it is, quite frankly, getting into a habit. And start, yes. If you start doing it today, you're going to do it tomorrow. You may forget the day after, but then you go back. But eventually, it's going to be a habit. You're going to do your marketing every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, good show, Jim. Thank you for all the great uh, advice and tips. I look forward to a whole series of great shows in 2007. 2007. 2011. I'm sorry. I'm going backwards in years. <laughs> Can we do that? Is that an option? I, actually, I don't think many of us want to go through 08 again. Nick, Nick, it's your show. You can do whatever you want. <laughs>
Thank you, Jim. Always thank you. Thank you again to all of our guests and listeners out there. Thank you to our sponsors. Number one, the Intellectual Property Law Office of Nancy K. Ducharme. Secondly, the Lawyer Market. Third, Jim Thompson of Midwest Consulting Group. And fourth, credit damage expert George Finder. Again, this is a general information program, and the advice shared on this show does not constitute legal advice. Results may vary and are based on specific facts and location. Communication with our attorney guests among guests and callers on this show does not give rise to an attorney-client relationship. And if you have further questions, you are always encouraged to consult with an attorney or professional in your area. Finally, all callers do remain confidential, and all rights to this broadcast are reserved by ALRPRA Incorporated. These Law Talk Radio broadcasts are programmed to bring our attorney and non-attorney audiences the tips, tools, and practice area information they can use to be better informed practitioners and consumers of legal services. With guests and listeners located worldwide, we appreciate the opportunity to use this socially networked radio program to bring people together and share collective intelligence. Again, this is Nick Augustine for ALRPRA Incorporated, and as always, we thank you for your time.